Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Greetings again, everyone. Welcome into lightninginsider.com podcast. Eric Erlinson from Lightning Insider. Com coming at you after game number four of the Eastern Conference Finals. And we have ourselves a series. Tampa Bay picks up a 4-1 victory in game number four. The series is now tied at two games apiece. As, as the old saying goes, a series is not in jeopardy till the home team loses a game. And through four games, the home team has yet to lose a game. Tampa Bay letting get goals from Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Pat Maroon and an empty netter from Andre Pilat, who finished with three points and only a late power play goal by the Rangers. Spoil a shutout bid by Andre Vasilevsky. And we got a series. We have a series that shifts back to New York for game number five on Thursday. Yes, I will be there. Again, thank you for everyone who has pitched in to help cover some of the costs uh, that it takes to cover these games on the road so that I can be in the building. It really, really, really means a lot to me. And uh, I hope everybody knows how much I do appreciate it. Um, as uh, it, it means a lot to be able to be on the ground in these buildings and cover these games. Um, I want to make sure that you know, too, that this podcast is brought to you by BioPro Plus. It's the number one non-synthetic alternative to prescription hormone injections. Fix how you look, perform, and feel with BioPro Plus. You can find BioPro Plus on Instagram or Twitter at BioProteinTech and online at BioProteinTech.com. And you can use the code LIGHTNING for $30 off any order. That's at BioProteinTech.com. $30 off any order with the code LIGHTNING. Uh, also, please please check out my friend Bob. Bob is a big supporter. Uh, he's uh, helped sponsor my uh, trips here up to New York. So I want to make sure you have any commercial battery needs, any commercial power needs, cleaning, backup systems, whatever it is, please check them out. ATS Battery is the website, atsbattery.com. Uh, so go check that out because Bob is a big supporter of mine. So I want to help support him and his business in any way that I can. So if you're in need of any of that, please check it out, atsbattery.com. All right, a couple of things I want to touch on here, uh, which went well in game number five for Tampa Bay. First of all, an early goal. Sometimes these backfire on you. You know, you score a little too early into a game. You're not quite settled in yet. And the goal from Pat Maroon comes about two and a half minutes in here, into the game. And I'm telling, in the playoffs though, everything is different. Everything is different because in the regular season, sometimes if you score on your first shift, 
You know, how many times have you seen a team score 30, 60 seconds into a game and it doesn't give you the desired effect? It, it, it just kind of, okay, we got a goal. And the other team is like, okay, let's just keep going. It's different in the playoffs. It's just a different feel. It's a different vibe when you can do that. So to get that goal so early into the game when, look, the building was absolutely pumping. When the team came out for introductions, this is not pregame warm-up. This is for introductions. And I've covered a lot of games at Amelie Arena. I've covered Stanley Cup final games at Amelie, uh, Amelie Arena going back to 2004. I, I'm not sure I've ever heard it as loud as I did when the team came out for pregame introductions tonight because I couldn't hear Paul Porter. And if you can't hear Paul Porter, it's loud. So the building was jacked up and ready to go. I think there's some energy there that the home team fed off of. You know, they even had a part of the pregame montage that, you know, be loud because they can hear you back there and they can. And that, and not only could they hear it tonight, I'm, I, I can tell you they felt it. So to get that energy going early, to get the goal early, not too dissimilar in some ways to game one when the Rangers scored 61 seconds into the game. Now, Tampa Bay tied that one up and uh, actually tied it up again at two, but there was some energy when you get those sort of early goals in a playoff game. And in this case, I think it settled Tampa Bay in. Not settled them down, but I think it settled them into the game. And it just brings about a little bit of a different comfort level, I guess might be the best way to describe that. Uh, Because with that early lead and knowing how well Tampa Bay is capable of playing defense and how they're capable of uh, keeping teams to the outside and not letting them get inside, and especially with the way that they played in Game 3 uh, towards the tail half, um, tail end of Game number 2, they, you know, they, they've started to find their game a little bit. So getting that goal early on settled them in and allowed them to breathe into the game, grow into the game with a, with a bit different type of comfort level, if that makes any sense. I don't know if it does or not. Sometimes I tend to talk in circles, so I hope that makes uh, sense in, in terms of how it just it, it settles them into the game a little bit. And they kind of they just fed off of it from there. You know, I thought the first period was, was a very good period for Tampa Bay. Uh, on top of the goal, they closed things out. They never really let the Rangers have much of a flurry. They had a little bit of one late uh, in the final minute of the first period, uh, but never really felt dangerous. The Rangers never had any sustained zone time in Tampa Bay's end, and uh, they get out of the period with a one nothing lead. Now, in the second Started to get away from them a little bit. A couple of turnovers here and there. The puck management, which they've talked about specifically in game number three. And again, building their game coming out of uh, the latter half of game number two in terms of not turning the puck over, not letting the Rangers transition game going, not letting them cut the ice in half. And uh, the, the mismanagement of the puck, crept up a little bit not in too many of those dangerous dangerous areas around the blue line but you know some questionable decisions with the puck and the rangers started to kind of find their legs a little bit but again even with the puck possession 
that the Rangers had, you never felt like Tampa Bay was in jeopardy, right? And that's a, that's a sign. There's there's a couple of signs that I look for to know if the Lightning are on their game. One of them is if their forecheck is established. We talked about that coming out of Game 3 where they were getting pucks in deep and they were getting behind the goal line and going down. And if if they weren't getting uh, puck possession back, they were at least making the Rangers come the full length of the ice because they were able to establish that part of their game. The other one is, is when they don't have the puck, how are they reacting? And, and look, the Lightning are not a top, top, top defensive team. They have a world-class goaltender, and they've learned how to defend better. And one of the ways they've learned to defend better, especially the past couple of years, is how they don't let teams on the inside. One of the big numbers coming out of game number one was the number of slot passes that the Rangers were able to make. And there's only a couple of places that really track those numbers, and I don't subscribe to any of them, but I saw this number come across. You know, in the series against Florida, they might have given up two or three of those cross-seam slot passes. Well, the Rangers had 10 in game one. So that tells you they weren't in their game, they weren't where they needed to be in how they defend in their own end. Well, tonight, again, even with... Zibanejad and Panarin and Kreider and you know these these top skill players for the Rangers, they they didn't they didn't look dangerous in those opportunities. So the shots that the Rangers were getting were coming from distance. You know sometimes you're taking shots from the point, looking for deflections, tips, rebounds, that type of stuff. But none from if you want to call it the home plate area, you want to call it the high danger area. Not a whole lot of looks for the Rangers from there. So that's two things, especially in the postseason, when the Lightning are playing well, that you have to look for. And tonight they had both going for the most part. So even when they mismanaged the puck in the second period, not a lot of looks, not a lot of danger moments for Tampa Bay. And when the few of them did pop up, Andre Vasilevsky is there. Uh, So that's what we saw. And what we've seen... And as this series has gone on, look, as as the team that starts on the road, you're always looking for the split, right? You want 1-1, doesn't matter how you get it. You want 1-1 coming back home. Try and be greedy and take both if you get the first one. But you want 1-1. The Lightning didn't get that. But what we've seen here now four games deep into this series is a slow progression of the Lightning getting their game together. After being off for the amount of time they were, it does have an effect. It's not an excuse, but it is a fact that it's hard to get that game level back to playoff intensity. It just is. It's hard enough in the regular season, you know, and you're up against a a Rangers team coming off of two straight seven-game series. They're right in the flow of it. They don't take a day off. That adrenaline doesn't come down right away. So now what we're seeing, now that we know this series is going at least six games, game five on Thursday, game six back at Amelie Arena on Saturday, if there's a possible, if game seven is needed, that will be back in New York on Tuesday. 
but as the as the Lightning have slowly built their game up here through four games and establishing what they want their identity to be now, look, they got to continue it into game five. You, you can't just say, okay, we, we've done it here at home. It's going to work on the road too. The matchups and everything else is a much different situation as we know when we get there. But one of the things that this team... Uh, has been able to do in this series is find that identity as the games have gone along. And now what you have to look for. So this is where the Lightning's rest, you hope, turns the table in this series. Because it's, as John Cooper mentioned, hard, intense playoff games. You take 10 days off, it's hard to get back up. While the Rangers were already there. But having to come down from 3-1 against the Penguins and then down 2-0 and then 3-2 to Carolina in the second round, it's hard to play catch-up in this league. And this is where you have to hope the Lightning's rest flips the script and now we talk about how tired the Rangers could be. I'm not saying they are. But this is where you hope it does turn around a little bit and the time off starts to pay off for Tampa Bay because we know the series now is going at least six games. So you have to wonder if the Lightning can find a way to get a win in Game 5, how much juice are the Rangers going to have coming back to Tampa, especially now that they're banged up a little bit. Ryan Strom who was injured in game number three, did not play tonight. He did take warm-up, and he actually took line rushes with his normal line in warm-up, but he did not play. And then during the game, Philip Heedle, uh suffered an upper body injury and did not return. And I saw some videos of the hit uh, from Victor Hedman. did not look very innocuous. If, if that gave him the upper body injury we think it might be that's a surprise to me because I didn't think Victor hit him that hard and you know the, the face shield did hit the glass but it didn't it didn't have the feel of something that would knock a player out of the game so if that's the case and he's unable to play and we'll see what Ryan Strom's status is I you tend to probably think that maybe he's pretty close if he took warm up and took regular line rushes during warm up that whatever it is that's bothering him probably won't keep him out for Game 5, but you know he's banged up. So you have that, and you have the possibility of being without uh, Filipito. Uh, it, you know, now the Rangers have to dip into their depth a little bit. You know, we know the Lightning have not played with Braden Point since Game 7 against Toronto. By the way, Braden Point's status is still iffy at best. John Cooper did say following the morning media session today that, you know, game five is a little dicey, quote-unquote, is his words. If it goes seven, maybe you hold out some more optimism. We'll see what happens. Uh, again, he continues to skate. He did skate again this morning. So we'll see where things stand with Braden Point. I, I still have a gut feeling we'll see him in this series. I know others have said there's no way he's playing but he looks like a guy who's skating well, but there's a big difference between doing some of the skating drills 
that he has been doing in these practices, these individual drills, as opposed to going out and having to play in a Stanley Cup final game. So we'll see where things go with Braden Point. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. But if the Rangers are banged up, if they've played a ton of high-intense hockey in the past six weeks, because that's what we're coming up on now is about six weeks of postseason hockey, they've played the maximum number of games with very few days off in between. Remember, they went from Game 7 against the Hurricanes straight into Game 1. I don't think they had much of a rest between Game 7 against... Pittsburgh in the first round to game one of, of round two against Carolina. And they had to travel, so they, you know, they had to travel to Raleigh three times in that series. So you wonder if now the Lightning's rest starts to benefit them here the longer the series goes on. And I, and I talked about that with Jay Retcher after game three on the last call about if you can if you could find a way to get this series tied 2-2 if if that could be the case for you and sure enough here we are uh, now in this situation I, I think it can I, I think it can benefit Tampa Bay now um, heading up to New York with potential and look the, the garden crowd is going to be loud they're going to be doing their chance they're going to give the Rangers some energy so they'll feed off that a little bit uh, but we'll see how much of a benefit it is moving forward for a Rangers team that has played a lot of hockey here moving forward. Um, how about Jan Ruda with a couple of nice plays? Gets a couple of assists tonight. Unheralded Jan Ruda back to playing with Victor Hedman uh, as they've been playing 11-7 and over the last little while with Braden Point out. Victor Hedman had been playing a lot with Mikhail Sergachev. I'm sorry, not Mikhail Sergachev. With Eric Chernak. Ryan McDonough had been playing with Zach Bogosian. And you'd seen a rotation with Mikhail Sergachev, Ruda, and Cal Foote. So he's back with Hedman right now. Uh, played a really good game. couple of early assists. How about Zach Bogosian? Zach Bogosian had a very active eight minutes to the game. He comes in as the trailer on the opening goal and puts an inside-out move on Ryan Reeves to get to the front of the net and get a shot on goal. And Pat Maroon sort of swoops in and flutters a backhand rebound chance into the net. That was the first early goal. And then Bogosian again working down low. Uh does a little 
shimmy, if you will, and uh, to avoid Ryan Reeves, and Ryan Reeves ends up tripping him uh, to put Tampa Bay on the power play and get a goal out of it. But a uh, very active couple of minutes, uh, first opening shifts for Zach Bogosian. Uh, I thought Riley Nash, for, for a guy who hasn't played much at all, you know, he only played five minutes in game number three when the lighting went back to 12 and six. Uh, he had almost that in the first period tonight. Uh, and I, I think they've been effective minutes. You know, it, he's been playing primarily with Maroon and Belmar uh, when he's been out on the ice. You know, you're you're not going to get dazzling plays from Riley Nash. You're not going to get uh, a ton of offense from Riley Nash. But what he is is steady. He can check. He can win faceoffs. He's good in his own zone. You know, he, he can he can not be a difference maker, but he can give you quality minutes. And and I think that's helped Lightning here is you know, going eleven and seven for the number of games that they did, of course all four games against the Panthers and then the first two games of this series up in New York. And and you could see the coaching staff contemplating that, right? Because we saw Riley Nash in game two take pregame line rushes, which we hadn't seen him do at any point up until then. So you could see that the thought process was there to maybe go 12-6, and six, and they and they did when the series shifts back to home. We'll, we'll see how things go. The matchups are always different when you're on the road. But I thought he's put in some good quality minutes here uh, for what he's being asked to do and just give some fresh legs out there, and that way you're not having to uh, overextend some guys, and you know, and you're always running that risk too of a forward getting hurt and then having to finish with ten. You know, we've seen that a few times through the years, and including in the uh, the bubble playoffs. I remember the game against the Islanders, game two, when Alex Kalorn was uh, given a game misconduct and Braden Point couldn't finish. They actually finished that game with nine forwards. You know, so you always run that risk, which then, of course, is going to overextend some of your forwards, and it's usually your top guys who are taking those extra shifts. So he's given them some fresh legs. Uh, and, and, and in a game like this tonight where, you know, you score early, you kind of get him in a flow, it doesn't become a special teams game because there wasn't a lot of penalties in this game. You saw a few a little bit later as the game went on, but... You know, they build a 2 nothing lead, and then they make it 3 nothing. So that allows you... Like, I was looking up and down the ice time tonight. Ryan McDonough had the most, as he tends to of late. He had 23 minutes. But Victor Hedman only played 21. Those two might... Might, and again, I'm trying to recall off the top of my head here, might have been the only two over 20 minutes. So Mikhail Sergachev wasn't over 20 minutes. Eric Chernak wasn't over 20 minutes. Anthony Sorelli wasn't over 20 minutes. You know, there's not a lot of special teams play, so the guys who play penalty kill and power play aren't getting those extra minutes. So you're into a rhythm and a flow of how the coaches run the bench. And that's what you have. Uh, you can spread the ice time around, and, and that's what happened. And, you know, it's it, it doesn't overextend guys, but it also gets other guys involved in the game. How many times in this postseason have we seen you know, the guys on the fourth line, Pat Maroon playing four, five, six minutes, especially in that series against Toronto. 
where at times he struggled with the speed of the game. You know, and there was some discussion, hey, maybe Pat Ramon should be a healthy scratch. He, he can't keep up anymore. Well, he scored a couple of important goals in this playoffs for this team. Uh, same thing, everybody wants uh, an Alex Barry Boulay or a Cole Kepke or somebody else in place of Riley Nash, but Riley Nash gives you good quality minutes in, in what he's given out there. Again, he's not going to, the odds of him being a difference maker are, are slim. Even though we had a chance or two in game number three, what a story that would have been if he'd have been able to come up with the uh, go ahead or, or game winning goal. So that's just that's just how how things have to work. Um, all right, so we look ahead to Game Five. I'm curious because you know the coaching staff has put together this Sorelli Kalorn Hagel line, and they've done a great job on the Mika Zibanejad line here uh, in the two games in Tampa, uh, to the point where tonight uh, Gerard Gallant split them up. He switched. Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider. So we have Panarin out there with Zibanejad and Vetrano. And then he moved Kreider down to the second line in place of Panarin on the right wing. You know, because the matchup wasn't working for the Rangers. Now it shifts back, and the Rangers have last change. And, you know, just as we saw with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner specifically in round number one against Toronto, you know, it, it, it changes when you control the matchup. So I, I don't know how much they're going to be able to get the Sorelli line out there. I don't know if they'll switch things up maybe a little bit. You know, we'll have to see how things uh, break out from there. Um, but what Tampa Bay is going to have to do is no matter what the matchups are, they're going to have to continue with what has gotten them there, what has gotten them success in these two games. And it primarily starts with forechecking, getting pucks in deep, making the Rangers work in their own end. It's not an area in which they're comfortable with. It's an area in which they don't like to play. They want to play a transition game. They want to get their skilled guys with the puck up the ice. You make them work in their own zone, and you make them play defense. And that's what's worked so well here in games number three and four, and really for a good part of the third period in game number two. So now you have to translate that to the road because if the Lightning are going to win this series, they have to win a game in Madison Square Garden. You can't, you can't keep swapping home. It's just like Carolina the Rangers, right? Carolina won their home games for, at home to start, and then the Rangers won their two games at Madison Square Garden. Carolina won game five. The Rangers won game six. Well, the Rangers had to win game seven on the road if they wanted to advance, and they did. The other big part they have to do is not let the Rangers' power play fuel them. Stay out of the box early. You know, there wasn't a ton of penalties tonight. The Rangers didn't get their first power play until they were down 3-0. You know, they got another one later in the game that, that again, spoiled Andre Vasilevsky's shutout uh, to make it a 3-1 game at that time with 3.33 left in the game. So stay out of the box Keep establishing that forecheck and moving your feet. Big, big keys for Tampa Bay heading into game number five on Madison Square Garden. That will be on Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, want to address a quick question that I had from Ryan 
uh, two-part question. The first one was, did I think that Mikhail Sergachev is injured because he hasn't quite looked the same? Uh, as I've said many times, I just assume everybody's injured at this time of the year because getting true and actual injury updates, you're better off getting gold out of Fort Knox. And especially right now to where we're limited in, in the movement around the building. You know, we can't go into the locker room. We can't maybe catch a few things here or there, so we don't know. But if you were paying attention tonight, Mikhail Sergachev came out of the ice for pregame warm-up, didn't look comfortable, left, came back, didn't look comfortable again, left, but then eventually came back again, and, of course, he ended up playing the game. So I don't know if that was injury-related. I don't know if that was equipment-related. Um, but, again, I just assume he's injured. Just assume everybody's injured. Just assume everybody at this time of the year is dealing with something that's nagging or maybe could keep them from performing at the level that we're used to seeing because clearly Mikhail Sergachev has not been at the level in which you're seeing to the point where I've seen some people suggest, ah, he needs to be scratched. It's not happening. It's not happening. You're going to ride the horses that got you here. Uh, you're going to go down with your best. Because who who you who are you scratching them for? You bringing in Frederick Clayson? No offense to Freddie Clayson. He's not Mikhail Sergachev. Freddie Clayson does not give you a better chance to win a game than Mikhail Sergachev does. So that's just not happening. And the other part of Ryan's question was about Alex Kalorn, and, and I th think the phrase he used was, I haven't heard his name at all. What's going on with Alex Kalorn? Well, we're, we're used to talking about playoff Alex Kalorn, right? We haven't talked about Alex Kalorn in that playoff mode yet to this point in the playoffs because he hasn't scored a goal yet. But here's the thing with Kalorn. He's being asked to play a little bit of a different role this year because the previous two years in the playoffs, you've had the Yanni Gord, Barclay Goodrow, and Blake Coleman line. They took a lot of heavy five-on-five -five minutes, a lot of matchup minutes. Well, specifically in this playoffs, you've seen a lot of Anthony Sorelli and Kalorn together. And, you know, there's Nick Paul's been there, Brandon Hagel's been there, Andre Plot's been there. They have been tasked with the checking aspect of it. You know how many goals Anthony Sorelli, like nobody's asking about Anthony Sorelli. You know how many goals he has in the postseason? He's got one. It was a brilliant one spinning backhand shorthanded goal but he's only got the one goal because he's been tasked and asked to play the checking role especially in the opening series against uh, Toronto not as much in the Florida series because Florida's lines were spread out a little bit differently so the matchups were a little bit different in that series but in this series especially again these two games on uh, on home ice They've been matched up against his advantage ad line. And if you look at the numbers, in game one, in game three, the number of shot attempts with those guys on the ice were off the charts in favor of the Sorelli line. So they didn't score, but they kept Zibanejad and company off the score sheet. Except on the power play. That's where they got their points. In fact, the, the Rangers didn't score a five-on-five -five goal in the two games here at Amelie Arena. So Alex Colon is not chipped in offensively the way we're used to seeing him. I believe he only has four assists, but he has he is contributing in other ways that maybe don't show up on the score sheet as much. So 
So that, as they say, is that. All right. Uh, don't forget, if you're not a subscriber to my website at this point, if you want to go more in-depth with some of the stuff we talk about here as well as maybe some other features along the way, uh, use the code PODCAST, and I'll give you $10 off your first year uh, on a yearly subscription. So, again, that coupon code is PODCAST uh, when you sign up. Uh, don't forget, I have the pregame skate show with Bobby the Chief Taylor that airs one hour before playoff games. You can find that on the iHeart app. Just search for Lightning Power Play, or you can hear it locally on News Radio WFLA. That's 970 AM on your dial. I uh, got some hits coming up with uh, Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher. We're still trying to work that out because my Wednesday is a travel day, and I'm normally on from 4 to 5. Uh, but I'll be traveling. I don't get to New York until about 4.15 on Wednesday. So we're still trying to figure out uh, where we're going to be in terms of that uh, that you can look for. Um, and, and, and again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump Bob's company as much as possible. ATSBattery.com. That's ATSBattery.com for all your commercial battery and power needs, cleaning, backup supply, whatever it is. Go check them out at that website, ATSBattery.com. Dot com. All right, that's going to do it up um, for here, for this show, uh, for this episode. Again, the Lightning are now tied 2-2 with the Rangers heading back to New York. It is now a best-of-three series. Game 5 on Thursday, Game 6 back at Amelie Arena on Saturday. Both those starts times are at 8 p.m., uh, both on ESPN, and if a Game 7 uh, necessary would be on Tuesday June the 14th. We do know that whoever wins this series is going to match up against the Colorado Avalanche after they swept the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, The Stanley Cup final will begin on either June 15th or June 18th. That's the word going around. That's not official, but that's the word going around, depending on when this series uh, ends. So one way or the other, whoever wins this series, there will be a three-day gap between the end of the series and the start of the Stanley Cup final. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Again, thanks for all the support. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to this website. Tell your friends. Share it. Let's get those numbers up because they help a lot, and I hope you get some insight, and I hope I entertain you a little bit, whatever it happens to be, but uh, we'll talk soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.